Welcome to the Scarleteers podcast, where we talk about our favorite show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Welcome back to the Scarleteers podcast. Hey. I'm Lindsay. And Lindsay, what are we talking about this time? We are back on our topic of Eliza Scarlet because she's obviously our main leading lady and she deserves two podcasts. Because, yes. you know, you didn't want to be sat listening to us last time for hours Once. on end. So we split it into two because <laughs> there is so much to discuss. So for anybody who was listening last time, we're like, hmm, didn't really discuss Eliza and William. Well, this is the one for you. Uh, back joining us again, we have the lovely Meg and Mary. So yay, welcome. welcome. Mary. Mary. welcome. Thank you. Thank you. That's for my popular demand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> The yeah. fans wrote in, they demanded you yeah. guys be back, and we are We're available. Back. Getting bags of mail, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, last time we, we did, did a lot of discussion about Eliza being a detective. Let's, let's go back, jump straight in, and her relationship with William, we love it. And um, what, what is it about her relationship with him that, A, we've fallen in love with, and B, what holds her back from him? I mean, is the girl looking at what's in front of her? <laughs> Does she have eyeballs? <laughs> I think she has eyeballs, if that's a question, yes. <laughs> Meg, does she have eyeballs? She does have eyeballs, I think. Uh, I mean, uh, again, I, I, I'll start this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start with a nugget. Um, I think, honestly, down deep in my uh, heart, when I was thinking about this question, is that if Eliza had her way, um, she would probably live out the rest of her days as the same as she did at the end of season one. I think she, her comfort zone and where she would probably, if she could pick it, would just be in that a little bit more than friends, but nothing happening. They're both not seeing anybody else and they're spending a lot of time together. I think she is terrified of the next step. Um, So I think, and I think she's a child of, uh, you know, of staying in the comfort zone. So I, I honestly think that she thinks it would all be perfect if she just remained good, good, good friends that flirt and touch each other's fingers once in a while. (laughs) I would say... I would say, you know, um, at the end of season two, episode one, much discussed scene, right, where they break up, even though they're, you know, semi-exclusive, I guess. I, you know, she does say if we are to have some kind of future. So it seemed to me at that point, maybe she wanted to take that next step, right? And, And when he when William is like, let's leave it as it is for now, right, Meg, which is what you're saying it's you know best friends kind of thing right that's what he's saying um if you look closely i mean she's upset that he says i canceled our dinner and you know glassy eye blinking back tears you know she had a tremor in her voice she seemed emotional um and and you know so it seemed like she wanted to go that next step but she didn't take that next step like open the door and say okay William let's let's try and figure this out but if I had a headline um it's kind of 
from that episode, um, I think she just, you know, she's saying it clear. I don't want a master, no master. Uh, I don't think she's a submissive, right? Um, she's not going to, maybe that's what she's afraid of in her heart. And I really think now that we've gone through these three seasons, they need to have a very frank conversation about that. And I think William's going to have to be the first person, if he finds the right time, you know, to tell her that he's in love with her. I, he's, you know, that's the only way to break this, I think. But I, I think it's going to be very hard for her to have, to have a master. Um, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys say? I think she's attracted to him, right? She touches him a lot. She doesn't seem attracted to any other men that that are around. She has eyeballs, remember? We oh, oh, she's eyeballs. got eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, you know, and and I think she was pleased, you know, with this rogue guy, you know, is interested in me, came to take me out to dinner. I think she was pleased with that. So you see some signs the UST um, that is in season one is very strong. Um, so, you know, she's got eyeballs, right? <laughs> but um, to me, um, and maybe we haven't gotten to this question yet, but why didn't she also, the other thing that kind of occurred to me, um, and Meg brings this up all the time about <laughs> like, every episode, Williams a womanizer and you know this that and the other thing right does she feel like if I kiss him or go you know succumb to his advances does she have something in the back of her mind where she's saying oh I'm going to be one of his many right or I'm going to I'm a loose woman or <laughs> You know, whether or not that's true or not, but does she have that in the back of her mind? Because she knows that's his reputation, right? Is he going to discard me? I, I want to defend me? myself here. I don't bring that up because I think that he is an irredeemable womanizer. Um, I bring that up because, number one, I think I think it's interesting that the writers in the full, first season keep bringing it up, like uh -huh. every single episode. And I just, uh, so I don't think that, I don't go, oh, he's a womanizer. He's never, they're never going to be perfect. I just am curious why they keep, they purposefully in, in five of the six first episodes, bring that up. What is, I kind of just wondering what the point is to keep demanding that. And that maybe that's to show you why she would have some reservations. Yes. Uh, so I'm sorry. I, I said it poorly and I meant you bring it up. Don't do it again. Because right. <laughs> you see it in the writing. And it's a it's a good point, right? And 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 you know, I does and I agree with you. Does she have it in the back of her mind? Like I need William to say we're courting, and then maybe she'll kiss him or something like that, right? But she's still and and you know, him breaking up with Arabella, is she gonna think, oh, see, you know, he's discarding another woman. I don't know. Do you guys feel that? I think Meg is saying maybe that's. I got some thoughts, but I've been talking too much. Amanda, Lindsay. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I sit there and thinking of that end of season two, episode one. I wonder what has, what Eliza is upset about. Is it that, because it goes to that whole conversation of her as a, as a 
child and and she would be purposely mean she says it to ivy she'd be purposely mean because then people wouldn't like her because of her behavior not because of who she is and i wonder if in that scene at the end of um season two episode one where he's kind of going i've cancelled our dinner is she upset because he's the one person who's closest to her if he can't accept her for who she is then what hope has she got and maybe that's where she kind of shuts down and kind of goes well if I'm not going to have it with him and he's the person who's closest to me, if he can't accept me for who I am, I'm just not going to go there with anybody. Um, But I don't know. I, I, sometimes I, I can't work out with Eliza, whether it's her own thought of her future where, because I always think, and again, it's a feeling that you kind of get with it is she made a choice back you know in that flashback scene with Henry of I'm going to be something different I'm not just going to be you know a woman who stays at home and everything she, she's chosen how she thinks her life should be and she's almost made this this decision and she can't escape from that you know William's come in and he's a bit of a you know he, he's ruining this vision of what she thinks she wants for her life in a way because love isn't really something that she wants I get a little bit when she's saying I'm not going to have a master and I sit there and I think we haven't actually given William much of a chance to show that he wouldn't demand her to do certain things because Mm -hmm. I think he's quite chilled I think he has a certain expectation like I know we all joke about him you know cooking and stuff when he teases her about her cooking skills and everything but I don't actually think he really cares I think so long as somebody's putting food on the table whether it's Eliza or Ivy he really couldn't care who's actually doing the cooking I think um we know that with Arabella because she ain't cooking (laughs) she's got people cooking for her but you know I think with Eliza I I do feel like she's she's got this certain look of her life but then you also have that is there something inherent about William that she doesn't like and she's not sure about because I do find he overreacts sometimes like Season two, episode six, where she says about her job offer, I'm like, William, seriously, chill out. <laughs> I, I, he so overreacts, and I know that that's his pride, and you just think, take a breath, man. But I can <laughs> understand from that that she would probably be going, I, I don't like that about you, because I don't necessarily like it when William gets all angry and you know snaps a bit like that I'm I'm very much a <laughs> chill the chill out man uh and and take a breath before you shout um because I don't I don't like people shouting at me and I'm sure Eliza probably doesn't like him when he shouts at her either so is there something inherent about him that she's like not sure about because it could be like you say it's the well you know he's he's off with all sorts of different women and I don't necessarily think at the time of 1882 that would be a negative because I think that's just what 1882 was all about so yeah I don't know it's um I think she holds herself back because maybe she doesn't not necessarily maybe because she doesn't want it but because she doesn't think that the other person whoever it is is going to accept her for who she is or she hasn't had a good example because you think of all the relationships that we've seen on the show we haven't seen a good relationship of a married couple yet so that would put me off getting married if I look at some of these couples I don't know about the rest of you but I mean I've been happily married for countless years and um 
met my husband to, when I was 18. So we've been together for a very long time. And, and so you just kind of think, well, what, what is it? What is it that stops her? Yeah. Uh, kind of what the thought I had when we ended the last episode is I don't think Eliza fully knows kind of with Lindsay I think she's the one that's holding back she doesn't have a lot of examples of good relationships and good marriages I mean she probably fully logically knows that there are decent marriages out there she reads books she reads the newspapers so there are probably examples of marriages that are fine but with the cases she uses or solves not uses um they're not good examples and with her mother dying early you know she didn't have that example to show her that a marriage hopefully it would have been a good one that a marriage could be a good good thing and ivy has not been in a relationship up until Mr. Potts when Eliza's older. And so, and their kind of relationship is new. And while that could be a positive one, if Eliza wanted to look at it, I don't think she is kind of like taking a deep dive into that being a positive relationship. So I don't, I don't think it's anything that William's doing, although I kind of agree with Lindsay that William can kind of go off the handle but I think that's just the Scottish thing I will you know forgive him <laughs> for that I'm sorry um, give me blue eyes and a Scottish accent and I'll forgive you for most things <laughs> um, I have eyeballs too <laughs> but I just I think it's and I also kind of talked about this with the last episode, Eliza, you know, it's just been her basically all her life. So she, with being an introvert and being an only child, she, it's hard for her to open up and to talk about her feelings and to understand feelings. And so to understand the idea of, I have a crush on this guy. I maybe love this guy. What do I do? It, you know, who's she going to go to? Miss Mrs. Parker, who you know, lost her husband early in her life and who is really gruff. She's not going to talk to Mrs. Parker. You're like, hey, this real handsome guy, I'm kind of crushing on him. What am I going to do? Mrs. Parker will stay her out of her house, you know. it. And so she, Eliza has nobody to like turn to for a good example or to ask like, what do I do with this new feeling I'm feeling for this guy? And so with any new relationship and any new feeling, you're kind of left floundering until you go to somebody you trust and go, this is something I'm feeling. How do I handle it? And Eliza has nobody except Ivy. And Ivy's not going to know how to handle love until she learns that she loves Mr. Potts, maybe. Um, but that's a different episode. Um <laughs> You know, so I I think Eliza just doesn't know. I don't Eliza doesn't know, you know. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> does I, I, anybody yeah. know? 
Does anybody I, know I, at the beginning of a relationship what you're doing? You just kind of make it up as you go along? Is that not how it goes? Yeah. No, but I will say this. Are harder, it's harder to do than other people. You know, like, some people are... Some people have ease at getting into a new relationship. Some people, it's harder to get into a relate. You know, some people are more introverted, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm saying. I, I keep thinking of it this way. And I think as modern people, modern women, modern people living today, it's kind of hard for us to imagine. And again, I'm not a Victorian. Knowledge. I don't have a doctorate in Victorian. I love knowledge, that word that you've coined. Uh, I do knowledge. that. I'd like to add <laughs> ology on everything. Um, but, uh, it is, it is, uh, coined by me. So copyrighted. Um, but I think, I think, you know, we, we all say, oh, if he tells you, you just have to sit down and he's going to tell you he's not going to be your master, but marriage is forever. And in the Victorian days, I'm under the assumption that if you get married to a man, regardless, if she's built an agency on her own, as soon as she marries a man, everything she owns is his, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she has to really trust a, that he won't take advantage of that. And B, that 10 years down from now, if they have three kids and she's out, you know, rooting around a warehouse trying to find, you know, a bad guy that he's not going to explode and be like, enough, you know, you have babies, you have children to watch yeah. and uh, you can't do this anymore. And she has no legal recourse at that point. So mm-hmm. she really, you would have to really, really, really trust somebody and that they would never change from the opinion they had the day they gave it to you. I just think that's a big ask. Yeah, I agree. I agree yeah. with you, Meg. And and um, Kate Phillips said in one of her interviews um, after season one, I, I forget when it was, but she said they they need to find a groove. And I wonder what she meant by that. Um, that doesn't sound like marriage, right? It sounds like you know, maybe more than pl- platonic friends, but not losing that legal status, right? That you're yeah. a single person, you own your own business and that kind of thing. I mean, I just keep thinking if she built some, the more, the far longer she goes, I mean, re- realistically, I'm not talking about the way the show is going to go or anything like, but realistically, the longer she would go and the more money and fame and everything she acquired, the less likely she would be to want to give that up the less yep. likely she yeah. would want to be able to give up her agency. Her, I mean, her agency as in a person, not her agency as in a private private investigative agency. But you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. But I always kind of have this thing of, and, and I know we, we joke I'm a bit of a William apologist, but I always <laughs> sit there and I go, if we ha- want to sit here and go, Eliza shouldn't have to give up any of her dream for the person that she loves. How can we sit there and go, well, William needs to give up his his dream. William has to do all the changing because he clearly does want a wife and he wants a family. And I, I mean, this is where I want the show to kind of figure it out for me, because I'm like, well, you've created this problem. So you figure it out um, <laughs> where I, I go. How can how can they both get what they want? Because as you say, if they've got kids, William's not going to be happy about her going rooting off around some you know exploding warehouse or whatever and you wouldn't expect him to be like you know you he would be quite regardless of master or anything if I went and did that my husband would be like what do you think you're doing (laughs) so yeah I think that's the thing and that's the that's the problem where 
I, I totally get none of us have ever said we want Eliza to give up or, or we want her to have it all. But I kind of then on the flip side of that go, but how does William fit into that? Because he shouldn't have to change and Eliza stay exactly the same. Like she cannot, relationships don't work when one person gets their own way. So she's got to have some compromise and she's got to also think of him. Like that season two, episode one episode, I will defend Eliza because I sit there and I go, she, I don't, aside from the fact she probably should have told him, she probably should have had some sort of discussion just, just to kind of, as, as a friend go, hey, I'm looking into this. But I do sit there and I go, she wasn't being malicious. She wasn't doing it to hurt him. She wasn't doing it to humiliate him. She was doing it to find who she thought was a missing person that everybody else was dismissing. And I totally respect her for that. Um, And I was really surprised that when William's kind of sitting there going about being humiliated, that she didn't back herself up and go, Mm -hmm. I would have done that regardless of whose case it is. I wasn't doing it to hurt you. I was doing it to find a missing person. And that is a justifiable reason for me to do what I did. And, you know, you can shout all you want, but go away. You'll think about it and you'll suddenly go, yeah, actually, she's right. It wasn't malicious. It There was no ill intent in that sense. But then I do sit there and I get this whole master thing and I'm not going to be dictated to, but I kind of go, yeah, but Eliza, you need to also start to think about other people in a relationship. You can't always do what you want when you want. And that's, again, it goes back to the discussions we were having last time about how she views the people around her. She's very telling them what to do, but doesn't always kind of put their time and their effort into her perspective and maybe that's where she needs to grow and maybe that's where season four will come into you know she's got a team of people that she's got to kind of figure out and work around and maybe it will show a different light to her that actually you can't be taking people for granted and you know she has a I always think she holds William to a high very high expectation that he must help her he should help her he should do this and you kind of go, actually, he's a pretty senior detective at Scotland Yard, love, you know, and he, whether he marries Eliza or not, and he's got to have his career and he's very proud of his career. And that's not always respected in some ways. And he will have to, if he wants to get married and have a family, he will have to support them. So let's not sabotage his career, regardless of whether he's with you or not. You can't be sabotaging that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. They created a mess. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and this is the thing. I sit there and I'm like, right, how are you writers going to clear this mess up? Where is the compromise? Where is the middle ground for them? And I have said this from uh, day dot of, of season one. Yeah. I don't see where that middle ground is at the moment because yeah. their wants are so polar opposite. And the writers, particularly over season two and three, have done an awful lot of work of telling me how these two don't work and how they shouldn't work and how, you know, here on paper is somebody who's much better for them. Because as as some people have said, from a a purely detective's point of view, Nash is probably a bit more suitable because he does seem to, I don't quite know why, but he does seem to respect the fact that she is very good at being a detective. 
I haven't quite seen his because again we don't see a lot of him and I, I always feel like his character has been a little bit shoehorned in that I ha- whereas with Moses and and other people you see a nice subtle change over the episodes I always feel like his is a little bit jerky because he's only in the odd episode here and then but he does I can't deny it he does respect and he does kind of want her to work for him I still go back to that whole uh, episode of you're going to work for me or I'll destroy you um first impressions are important but in on paper Arabella is better for William yes she would make all the the right moves that he would want and he would expect and you know he could do whatever he wants but you know it's if if we're still supposed to be rooting for Eliza and William, you you gotta give me something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have really the spark for anybody else mm. except each other. The only thing that I hang my hat on <laughs> is something Kate Phillip uh Phillip said. Um, is oh, they've been so close, right? Close to kissing or, you mm-hmm. know, taking the next step. So close, so close. And she does bring up, you know, they have maturing to do. And she said both of them do. Hmm. Um, so that's what I'm hoping the writers are going to start digging them out of, you know, showing them to be more mature. I, I still think, you know, episode six of season three, we see maturity. At least Eliza seems more confident because um, she's had some success and she was leading the team and everything. Um, so I'm hoping they start, as she said, but they need some more vulnerable moments. And Stuart Martin said, yeah, you're going to see some in, in season four. So I'm hanging my hat on that, that that's going to be, something's going to spur them on, you know, to start to come together. And remember Stuart Martin was saying, oh yeah, it's, it's hard for them to be to, together. And, but, but then he paused, you know, and he said, but they'd be so amazing together. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would be, and maybe they don't have to change that much. Right. Somehow they have to accept each other and, and say, this is how we're going to function, you know, as a couple. That's uh, what honestly- I'm doing. Uh, the only way I can see them doing this and I hate to put this out there into the ether but like having them it not being their time like him going off and having babies with somebody else her going on and being successful and then uh, an epilogue where they bump into each other when they're 55 and they live the rest and his wife is dead and they live out the rest of their life together don't be giving anyone any ideas I know tears the compromise always... that they have to do is too great of a chasm right now. They, One of them is going to have to drastically change or they both will have to drastically change and be something that will mm. and ultimately be that they won't be William or Eliza. One, you know, one will not have to be in Scotland Yard or one won't be a detective even if they start an agency by themselves, you know, they'll fight too much. They won't, they'll break up. Moonlighting curse. I mean, it's just. And I'm, or I'm, they could be I'm really ready. good together. Or you know what? Or yes. they, because you have to want it. If you want it, 
in any but sort Stuart of relationship says, but they if could you want be, which sounds like but they aren't together but they could be good that together. was season because three they, they hadn't filmed together. season four <laughs> amanda you're you're you know um they they uh i it sounds like that's the party line right that they tell the actors you know for their interviews and everything oh you know they'd have to change so much doesn't it seem like that's what the writers are thinking um it, it is the message they're putting out to us and it's frustrating for us but you yeah but right. what if we're like in season five and they're the writers are thinking okay we still have a lot of time to get them together but then they have to end the series with season six and they have back, to really shove them together in something that is horrific and doesn't work yeah. Take that back, Amanda. My my worry is that it's not going to be organic and like mm -hmm. feels right. It's going to have to be because the plug has been pulled before the writers thought that oh, you know, we'll get them together in season seven, and but they have to end in season six. So whoops, let's do something drastic, and then it seems like oh, this is weird and gross, and they'll de get divorced. <laughs> I want to bring years. I want to bring up uh, something Sabrina said on Facebook, and she's like, "Listen, just bring the passion back. No one cares about marriage, so would yeah. we be happy with that? Sure, let's go yeah. for it, right?" <laughs> I think every fan, if you've ever been a fan of a TV show or a band or anything, the end is always the worry. Because you always will sit mm -hmm. there and go, what if it, what if it ends before they get together? Or, you know, because TV shows particularly can be pulled at a drop yeah. of a hat and you don't, mm -hmm. as a, so as a writer, you can probably have many ideas of what you're going to do and where you're going to bring it together. Um, but if the, whoever's paying the bills goes, nah, you're cancelled. Yeah. What do you yeah. and I think that's why I worry about this particular slow burn because yeah. you do sit there and you think, well, I don't want it to end with a kiss. I don't want you know season it to end on season four and they've kissed at the end of season four, fade to black, good night. I'm like, no, no, I want to know how. I want, I want. I mean, I hate the word journey with a passion, but I want the journey of how are <laughs> these two incredibly independent people going to get together. I don't, you know, what does that look like? And what does getting together look like? Because getting together, as you say, may not be we're getting married tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to know how they're going to compromise and how they're going to make it work. I don't need to end it with a wedding or with like a birth of a baby, you know, but how are you going to make it work? I don't want just a kiss and we'll go, oh, yeah, it's worked out. No. How are you making it work? We want a kiss, but don't mistake it that yeah. we only want a kiss. Right. <laughs> Does that You're make sense? So invested in this. <laughs> Is that a threat, Lindsay? <laughs> I just I I, I I think again I go back to Gilmore Girls and that season seven of Gilmore Girls, oh my god, I was such a fan, and then season seven was so awful. And yes, Luke and Lorelei end with a kiss, and yet I still I have never rewatched Gilmore Girls since then because it just disappoints me because I think the whole storyline 
was yeah. just disappointing in that last season. Yeah. Um, this is a Miss Scarlet and the Duke uh, podcast. I know, not- I know. <laughs> but I do see, like, it, it's that, it's, if you're a fan of a show, it's that psyche of, you know, I don't, I love fanfic. I write fanfic and, and everything, but I don't want the good bits just to be left to us to make up. I know that there that there's certain things that yeah we're not going to show everything, but I want to know how are these two incredibly independent people going to figure it out. I don't just want them avoiding the topic and then hey we've kissed at the end. It's all good. Yeah. Agreed. Moving swiftly on. Agreed. <laughs> you want to see the journey, Lindsay? Right? I got the journey. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that word with a passion. Yeah. <laughs> I have sat in so many meetings where I've had people go and we're on a journey and you never get to the destination <laughs> you know the what I mean the thing not the end <laughs> I'm like oh my god don't talk to me about the journey because we never get anywhere you never complete the journey before we're starting a new one uh, but with yeah with this particular one I'm just like just I want to know I want the good bits in the middle as well as yeah. everything else and also, nobody believes that if they did get together, that it would be smooth sailing. Like all this bantering and all these like obstacles they keep throwing in the way, it can easily be done even when they're courting or or dating or flirting or anything. So, that, uh, like them getting together is not the end of the the grief and the mm-hmm. you know anxiety and and banter. Yeah, but also bring the resolution. I think that's my difficulty sometimes with with particularly with Eliza and William is we throw all these obstacles at them but then we never really see the resolution we never see how they figure it out like does that make sense I, I like I like the full picture right I, I yeah. throw me an obstacle great but how are they getting over it and you never quite figure that bit out well because they haven't gotten over it yet <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Why that's would, the how can they show us that when they haven't <laughs> I hope so <laughs> So are, do we think Eliza's aware of her feelings for Williams or is she like oblivious that she feels these feelings for him? I think she's a little bit, uh, she can't be totally oblivious because like, as you say, when we said last time, um, when she sees him kissing Arabella, it is genuine hurt. She is hurt. Mm. I could, yeah. but the Arabella storyline is a little bit great because you can never really ascertain is she hurt because it's Arabella or is she hurt because he's moving on? So it's a little bit great. But I think, you know, she does care about him. She does have feelings for him. She doesn't know how to deal with those feelings, maybe. Um, so that's the bit that she's a bit oblivious to um, or she's suppressed or she doesn't want to, you know, she he he's he's this person who's getting in the way because I think she doesn't want to be thinking about love and romance and any of that stuff. Not right now. She's focused on her career. So he's a bit of a a, a, a what's the term I'm looking for? Um, Distraction or yeah, I think he's just a bit of an annoyance in a way sometimes because if if they could just be friends and she could just do her cases and he's just kind of comes along when she needs him, goes away when she doesn't she'd probably be happy with it but yeah it's weird I find it really weird like and again it goes back to what we were discussing last time about their the childhood and that missing bit in the middle I feel like it's so easy for them to walk away from each other knowing well we always come back to each other he always comes back 
it's always fine in the end. So at the end of season three, I I don't get this, oh, they've got such a great relationship. I sit there and I think they've walked away from each other. They're in completely different places. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're walking away and it's so easy for them to walk away from each other that right. um, they know they're always going to come back together there's always they've probably had lots of gaps over the years where they haven't seen each other for a few months and then they've come back together and it's totally fine so I feel like that's just the 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 roller coaster that they're on that they can quite happily not spend time together um so I think she's she knows that she cares about him I don't know if she's ever properly looked at it any more than that it definitely season one you can you know see the see the attraction right for for sir so she she's attracted you know to him and i i guess i the only kind of clues we we have from the writers is you know episode one of season two where they're doing the finger touching right and in his office and she seems very pleased about that so mm-hmm. she's feeling something um, and she seemed upset when they kind of parted at the end. So clearly she's got some feelings about, it. is it, is it, does it match his? I, I think that's still ambiguous as we go, uh, you know, his level of love, right? Oh, you're in love. Is she in love with him? That still seems kind of ambiguous, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's purposely ambiguous as well because I think if she mm-hmm. if she was as openly feeling what he felt we we would genuinely be scratching our heads going well why aren't they together they clearly both love each other right. yeah I also think though you can be I mean there's physical manifestations when you're in love you get you get googly feelings and butterflies and all that stuff so she's probably getting all that she might think she just had a bad sandwich um but <laughs> She must know, like, she has physical, but but I also think that the idea of knowing is a very concrete, for, I mean, a concrete saying, like, does she know she's in love with him? I think there's times when she does, and then she talks herself out of it, and she mm-hmm. the other times yeah. that she does, and she talks herself. So it's not a fluid thing that happens, that she always walks around knowing. I think she goes in and out based on her environment and his reactions and all that, but I think she can easily. And I think my friend Stu on your other podcast mm-hmm. said something said something about that. How you know he his opinions at one point can change based on a look and something like that. Same with her. Like her her knowledge of her own feelings can change based on their what what's happening between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I does that makes sense. I, yeah, yeah I ditto, ditto. For me, like the end of season two. Um, the scene outside her office um and she's about to tell him her feelings and then she stops is she's yeah i think that's very fluid she she realizes she's she loves him maybe not in love but she loves him and she stops herself from saying her feelings because uh, she again she doesn't know how to speak her feelings she's maybe scared to tell her feelings um because she doesn't know how he feels and so i mean i think she's fully aware she has feelings of some sort Mm -hmm. um yeah you can see it on her face sometimes with the hand moment with this moment you know it's they're both very tender faces that she's looking at him with and 
So you can tell she has feelings uh, for him. It's I wonder just... if she doesn't uh, read the signs from William very well. No, like she doesn't. That, that scene, was, yeah, that, that scene. Good moment. That would have been a good moment to say something. Yeah, I mean, she should have read, oh my gosh, he's waiting for me outside my office and I'm looking all over the place. Wouldn't you say, okay, there's some meaning there? Yes. Right. Um, it didn't seem like she was reading that completely right because that would have been the moment. So I think she's not always reading the signs. Well, I she's think coming... it might have happened, but Ivy and Potts interrupted. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And I, I don't like know. They... I don't know if it would because I feel like um, the way he reacted to her job offer. I mean, it grates on me when he says the notion that I would work for you. Yeah. Oh my God, in that moment, I'm yeah. like, please, somebody just knock some sense into this bloke. Yeah. Because um, it grates on no, me, because that's what, that's a phrasing that Sterling had said in season one, the notion yeah. that these men would come after her. Um, and I, that, so I'm sure that that has been worded purposely, but I'd be sitting there. It doesn't matter how many googly eyes you give me, man. After that reaction, I don't love mm. you right now. You're you're in the yeah. doghouse. So I can kind of understand why she's a bit mm -hmm. like, I'm not. I know what you want me to say, and I'm not going to tell you. I mean, it yeah, breaks on me that she, she couldn't even say, "Oh, I, I'm glad you're okay. staying." But I can understand that she'd be like, after the way you spoke to me, the notion that you would work for me, charming nice you're not my friend anymore William and so she's like feeling these feelings and there he is suddenly and it's romantic the snow is falling you know he's there <laughs> you know oh I'm so glad you're here you didn't leave I love you <laughs> I, I also it would have been such a good moment if you know it didn't yeah. have to be like and I love you but like it just uh, oh I'm so glad you didn't leave moment uh, ivy if you just would have been five minutes later yes but, yes we're get, i think we're getting off that because the question is not does eliza know that william has feelings for her because that's a whole different question the question is does she know she has feelings for does mm. she know so she might very well feel that she knows how he feels and that's why it's even more terrifying because she's gonna if she admits it to him she knows where he's going to want to go. She knows what track this is going to go on. So mm -hmm. those are two different conversations I think we're yeah. having. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. Yeah. I mean, there it is a circle of which one of them is going to go first. Uh, mm -hmm. I think William's going to have to prove himself. Yeah. That he's going to be supportive, that he's going to, you know, not own her, so to speak. Um, I think that's got to come first. She's got to feel comfortable about what he, his intentions are that as soon as you know she does something he doesn't like he's not going to go I'm out of here goodbye um or overreact as he often does because I think he does overreact um so yeah I think yeah. she 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 probably just doesn't think too much about it unless yeah. it's probably late at night and she's in bed on her own um yeah. I still think he he's got to make a she she lost trust with him right that he would date her you know nemesis yeah I still somehow feel you know she doesn't have that total trust in him anymore right so so if he just blurts it out I love you right she's 
going to, they haven't rebuilt that trust, I guess. Yeah, I, I need the apology. I know some people have run fanfics about that, but I will be sad if season four just goes back to, um, you know, kind of, yeah, everything's back happen. to normal. Yeah, I agree, Meg. I, I need it to be addressed at least. I definitely yeah. think a conversation, some sort of happen. conversation needs to happen to clear the air. Like, I yeah. don't think that they could just go, oh, here's another case. Let's work happily together. I think there's going to be something there. Um, I don't know how quickly that we would get it addressed. I also, I, 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 I mean, William just wants love in his life, I think. And that's what Arabella <laughs> was. I don't know if is it is it just that it's Arabella and how much would he know and how much would he know that he should apologize for it because I don't know if he knows how hurt she was or why she was hurt by it whether he'd realize enough he is a bloke after all um (laughs) he's probably not thinking too much like I, I mean I said on Twitter the other day that if he went into that relationship thinking oh should I date Arabella or not because of who she was to Eliza that's manipulation and that's him playing games. So I don't think he went into that relationship thinking that it was going to hurt Eliza. So I don't know if he will know that he has something to apologize for or that even how much it hurt her or why it may have, may have hurt her. Cause he's still not really di- very sure of her feelings for him. We disagree about this Lindsay, because mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Cause I just think like he watches her, you know, uh, he takes her off a case cause she's too emotional about it. She mm-hmm, says mm-hmm. to him, you know, uh, she made my life miserable as a child. Like, he knows that he saw, thought she was being irrational about the whole case. She's not going to be irrational if this woman didn't, or this woman at, when she was a child, really affect her. So, like, I think the idea, the William apologist, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. it, uh, just that he wouldn't have known. I mean, he might not have known the huge extent of it, but he had to have known that this woman really affected her to the point where she's making bad decisions in her detectiving and that's a word I just made up detectiving (laughs) Um, like he knows that and he knows that's not normal for her he knows her that that's she's not behaving like she normally does I just don't think you can go oh he had no idea yeah I agree I agree, Meg. And yeah. you know, I wonder if you're a little Robin to my Batman over there, Mary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think you and I are definitely on the same page from previous uh, Facebook conversations mm-hmm. about, you know, I would really like to see an apology. And then he he acknowledges her feelings. But I wonder um if if William growing up in the workhouse, right, which has been brought up a bit oh I you know a beating every day whether he just discounts her oh this is just you know girls fighting at school what's the big deal right I mean does he discount it because of his own background and he thinks well what's a little hurt feelings I I don't know it's possible he approaches it that way I still want an apology though yes thank you Robin He can apologize. I'm not entirely sure we'll get it. Uh, um, <laughs> but we'll see. Season yeah. four is right around the corner. At yes. least the acknowledgement that it was not yes. a good thing. Yes. Thank yes. you, Amanda. Yes. <laughs> Acknowledge it was not the best idea. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. I just don't want seasonal amnesia. I don't want the. Mm. I think <laughs> seasonal happen amnesia. With this show, though. I love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. 
gird your loins, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> talking about season four, one of the things that we do know is that Eliza is going to be running Nash and Sons. What are our opinions on this and how do we think Eliza's going to handle an office with so many men? And let's be honest, they're probably not all going to be singing from her hymn book. No. My guess is, you know, that's the conflict. That's the story conflict, right, of season four. You got to have a conflict. But, you know, she did run the ragtag team, you know, uh, since season one, you know, Rupert, Moses, Hattie, Clementine, Solomon, Nash, right? And then- Got them arrested. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't say she was perfect. <laughs> but you know, she does step it up a notch, right, in the season three finale, which I you know, I thought that was pretty I really loved that, right, about her. Yeah. She got them all organized. She kind of showed them national natural leadership, right? Of some three very strong men. I I think that was pretty mm-hmm. good. So I think she's at least coming into it well, but you know. Really, what kind of men did Nash hire? They're, mm-hmm. you know, he he himself says, well, they're good for intimidation, but, you know, he trusted her, right, to solve his shooting case. Um, so what does that mean? Do they have good critical thinking skills? Probably not. So I think, you know, um, I, I would guess she's going to butt heads, you know, on that side of things and maybe... Their morality isn't very high. Um, I I don't know. I I always wondered why didn't Nash bring any of his men to Hotel St. Mark? I know he said we're stretched, right? But it still that still seemed a little dicey, right? He couldn't even trust any of his own men to come with him to Hotel St. Mark. So I think she's going to have her hands full with with that bunch. Yeah. I think it's interesting you bring up obviously season three episode six and her natural leadership. I find it interesting that she was very good at telling Nash, Moses and William what to do and they're all three men who respect her, who know her abilities. However, when you mm-hmm. look at how she was in episode one with Basil Sinclair when he wasn't mm-hmm. kind of working with her per se and she didn't deal with that in the best way. I think she doesn't know how to play the game with people who aren't necessarily being as respectful. Like, you know, not everybody's going to get along, but when you're working together, you kind of have to find a way. So I think it's going to be interesting to see her with people who aren't as amenable to who she is and what she she is. And I, I wonder if she will take some risks in order to win their respect that maybe won't go down so well with with William maybe but um I I I feel like she will struggle a little bit like you say because it just wouldn't be true to the time period if she walked in there and everything was all golden yeah I'm uh agreeing with you Lindsay but I have a dream for season four that She's going to overwork herself because the men will be lazy and not want to work for her. So she overworks herself and gets like a cold 
and William will like come and take care of her, bring her chicken noodle soup, and <laughs> and they'll fall in love over Eliza's sick bed, and that is the catalyst for their road to romance because <laughs> William will be like she can handle this, but then she he will tell her Eliza, see, it's hard to be a leader of men. But you need to manage them better and delegate. You can't take everything on. But he will be very loving and sympathetic and nurse her back to health. And that will be season five with them on the road to romance. And scene. Exactly. (laughs) You're welcome, Maddie. Yeah, I'm all for that, Amanda. Break that up. Let's have it. Um, I uh, I also think in terms of their relationship, uh, you know, I've seen people mention um stuff about oh, you know, he needs somebody needs to get shot, somebody needs. I am okay with just her having a terrible time at this job and realizing having some kind of just inward self epiphany that this is not what what she thought was going to make her happy is not going to make her happy. Um, I, I don't need a dramatic you know, uh, you know, sh- shot shooting scene or, you know, a triangle with Nash. I just need her to do, I would like her to just to do some introspection and come and show some maturity that she's thought about this. And like, that's, you know, that she realizes she needs more than just this job. And what she thought was going to ha- make her happy is not going to make her happy. It's that better that way, actually, if she comes mm-hmm. to that realization yeah. herself, right? Rather than, you know, somebody gets shot. It is better that way. I I mean, it's a cop show, so it's really easy to have somebody get shot. You know, it's not Mm. an easy trope to do. Mm -hmm. That would be good. I'd like that. That would be Eliza growing and William growing and nobody shot. Smooching. Growing and smooching and smooching and growing. (laughs) Growing and smooching and smooching and growing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) As we do, we ask fan questions about our topic um, for Eliza. And our first one was asked by the lovely author Kara Devlin herself from Facebook. I would love to hear a discussion on women's roles at that time and how Eliza doesn't conform to them. And how is this shaping her character through the series and seasons? I think Meg should give an opinion on this because she's an expert in. <laughs> I am a Victorianologist. <laughs> uh, I don't have any opinions. Um, no, I mean I think I already said it. I think I think it, I just think it's a big like she. This is marriage or whatever. If they're going to take that step, it is for life. So when he's eighty years old, he has to feel exactly the same about her. You know um, her. A way of working that he does when he's 30 so I just think that's got to shape her and her thought process and it's different than it would be in any other time period past that you know yeah yeah I, I agree and I mean what would she have done let's say she decides I'm not getting married to Rupert um that would have been the easy way out for her actually yeah but you know what could she have done could she be a teacher a nurse with some training a governess I mean she could have gone that route it's not 
quite the same as being a pathfinder, right? So um, again, I guess I go back to what did she know or what was she exposed? Um, and she knew detective work and, you know, that she's smart and she could, um, that she could do it. But um, otherwise, the you know, in those times, there was not many paths you know she could work in a dance hall I guess get to know <laughs> William there but you know I don't know how not... I don't know how well she danced but she could <laughs> yeah there's just no not many you know not many paths open to her mm -hmm. right yeah librarian I mean, she'd be a good librarian yeah say good Meg I was going to say, she could have married Rupert. If I were Eliza at that point, I probably would have just married Rupert and got on with it. That's what I would yeah. have done. That would have been yeah. a good answer. Yeah. But um, I think that kind of says that she does want, she wants to marry for love. If she's going to get married, she's going to do it for love. She's not going to, she doesn't want a marriage of convenience, as you say, because she probably would have accepted Rupert's offer. Although, would she want to be you know, putting up with Mrs. Parker as a mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. At the holidays, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She'd have to live with her. Yeah. I think that's the point that in some ways Ooh. why Mrs. Parker encouraged it is because mm -hmm. she would then move into Mrs. Parker and Rupert's house and then she could rent out Eliza's house again. Ooh. And the expectation was reason. to provide an heir, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As well. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot, of, yeah, there's a lot mm -hmm. of good reasons not to do that. Yep. Um, so we probably detecting would have been her only choice because yeah, just her dad led her to mm -hmm. that. I mean, even when he said, I'm not going to do this anymore. She really didn't have much other training, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I'm school, and again, but... I'll apply my Victorianology degree. I'm guessing there are <laughs> labor jobs that you could do. Like there must've been like. I don't know any kind of labor job that you could do. There were women that worked in labor, didn't they? Like sewing yeah. and things like that. And yeah, there were, there were factories yeah, and housekeeping, but I think she's more middle class. That I don't know. Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. Would do she could have gone to the department store, I guess, or yeah. right, or in the, the bookstore. Yeah. Although even those sales associates, if you think of Pandora's box, they were you know a bit dodgy on the side yeah, I'm not yeah. Sure. eliza seems to have her principles i think yes. i feel like she again it, it's another reason why she's not she's got her morals she's not going to go sleeping around with anybody because i think and another reason why i think she hasn't completely written off marriage because she's she's not interested in in just jumping into bed with somebody because I think there is that morality of her, you know, you don't do that until you're married for a woman. And if she does marry somebody, she'll save herself for them. So I think there is that that element of Eliza that, that, that there's, a, there's a little bit there where she has, because they, they she would have been taught, you know, this is what happens and you get married and, you know, that's the option. She is slightly more middle class. So I think lower classes possibly you would have still worked when you were married because you probably right. would have needed the two pe um pay mm -hmm. but somebody has to look after the children at some point so maybe a lot of the women if you were higher class you could afford a governess but you know maybe if you were lower class people clubbed together and looked after children all together and while while a, a woman worked maybe 
And mm -hmm. at a certain point, children probably work next to you. Um, yeah, that too. Yeah. Yep. So it's a it's a it's a tricky one. She doesn't. I think she doesn't conform to that whole "I'm going to get married and have children and stay at home," and that's yeah, fine. Nice. That's Eliza. But it's interesting that she doesn't because that's probably what she's taught and at school and everything although Henry kind of said oh you can become not you can become a police officer but gave her the tools to make her think I want to be that at school she it probably would have been she probably would have had lessons to become a lady and stuff mm -hmm. like that because I imagine she probably went to a slightly more upper class school um yeah. and probably had etiquette lessons and things because she sits herself and and has all the training of a lady um yeah. And if we think of Arabella, Arabella mm -hmm. is the lady, you know, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. We always say she doesn't have many female friends. She doesn't interact with a lot of female people to get a different view of life. When she does, it's interesting that, you know, she comes away and she, she ha ends up changing her view a bit like when she meets Mrs. Dashwood and, and, she's confused that she's not divorced and then Mrs Dashwood explains well it's too expensive to divorce and you know divorce at that time was very very frowned upon so she remained married but wasn't really with her husband anymore and 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 that kind of changed Eliza's perspective of well if you're not with him just divorce him is probably her mentality because she doesn't right. know the next step so to speak. I'm more surprised that you don't see real judgment between her and um Clementine I mean the mm -hmm. assumption is Clementine is a prostitute I assume mm -hmm. and that like I would think there would be you know every woman of her stature would look down on any woman that did that and not even want to be seen or associated with him you know but it's a bit like in Pandora's box when Alice admits that um the missing girl is actually her daughter not her sister Eliza doesn't take any offense or She's not yeah. shocked or surprised by that. Mm -hmm. She, she, and and at the time that would have been awful scandal. Well, yeah. Rupert too, yeah. Yeah, she's not judgmental in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, she. Yeah, a, 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 another. And great that's one thing of her qualities. Yeah. yeah, one yeah. of her best great qualities. qualities. So the next fan question is from Laura Belser on Instagram. How do you think Eliza will change or evolve in season four? I think, I hope, and I, this is my hope, is that she grows to have a different perspective that we, she's tried, we tried, William's tried to tell her it's not all about work. Life isn't all about work. And I hope that she starts to learn that, oh, this isn't all it's cracked up to be. And as, as I think it was you, Meg, that said that, she's going to come out the other side and go, well, the things that I thought this would make me happy, I thought this was what I wanted. And, and actually, it doesn't mean anything without having somebody to share that with. Yeah, I hope. It's, it's, I yeah, I kind of hope she grows. I want her to to find balance in her life. Uh, and I, hope, I don't think she's going to do it over one season, but I hope she's kind of has that start to grow because I think that's where she she's a totally competent detective and we know she's a competent detective but it's her personal life that's a lot more tricky and difficult and embrace yourself mary i'm guessing and again i have no idea but season four is going to have a lot of her struggling in her career and i know how you don't like to see that but i think that's what 
season four is going to be full of. Yeah, as long as she learns to shoot a gun, I guess. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be but you know, I I always say, even during these three first three seasons, you know, I we've seen growth, maybe not on the personal side, right? But certainly professionally, um, to me, you know, she kind of took command in episode six of season three. To me, I felt that was a good arc, um, and that she ended up by that episode she's working well right with the team and she's working well with William it's one of the few times she's working I mean so closely with William to me I hope that continues mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and um it, on the personal side well we're gonna have to see how it evolves but again the only clue that we have is that Kate Phillips is saying she needs you know, she needs to become more mature um, in her personal life. She's got to learn how to navigate that. So we'll have to see our hope. I think all of us have that same hope for season four. But I think she's pretty solid as far as her, you know, working together with William. Okay, Nash's office, again, that's going to cause the conflict, right? But um, she's at least evolved that way um professionally i hope that and this goes into william's side of things but i hope that um maybe he's going to be a little bit tetchy in the first episode but then realize you know if he does love her if he wants something he's got to support her and then hopefully we'll see like from episode two onwards that he's kind of supporting her to try and realize her dream if he's sitting there realizing she wants this and if i want her i've got to be supportive of her I'm hoping that we'll see that as well. Mm -hmm. um, Lindsay, please define touchy. <laughs> touchy. 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 Whatever that word is you're saying, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> so, so touchy to me is kind of, um, get, he's getting his shackles up a bit. He's not completely happy with the fact that she's going to be working uh, with a room of 20 men because let's be honest, he wants to be the only one, any man in her life. But I think he's going to realize he's going to have to rein that in uh, and be supportive. Frankie, oh, grumpy. Prickly. Mm -hmm. Prickly. Prickly. Yeah. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's going to instantly be completely happy with her working at Nash's office. Whether Nash is around or not, I don't know. Yeah, we know he is. We know Nash is around at some point because we know he's on the cast list, right? Uh, yes. Well, he did an interview. Felix did an interview at the end of um, when season three finished about season four. So he, I'm pretty sure Nash will be around, but he's obviously also supposed to be in France because I'm, I'm a bit, again, a bit confused about this whole um, what Eliza is actually doing as chief investigator. Is she mm -hmm. working for him, with him yeah. or running his office? It's a bit confusing because yeah. I'm confused. As I, th I think also another evolution for Eliza is what does she want to do? Does she want to be the detective or does she want to be the person who's telling other people what to do? Because I feel like her being the chief investigator is going to be a bit more of her giving out jobs to people, a bit like William does. He gets his team of detectives to go do the work and then he makes the decisions at the end. And I don't think Eliza's, I think she likes doing the detective work. So I think that's another evolution for her. What does she want to do? Does she want to be the detective or does she want to be the person making the decisions and telling people what to do yes so there you go. and i wonder if we're going to see the office in in this season like 
Is it basically going to disappear, or are we going to see her old office? Is she still going to have it and go there? Oh, I'd be gutted if she if we if if she's got rid of Henry's office completely. I'd be so upset. I love his office. Oh, It'll no. be fine. It'll be fine, Lens. <laughs> <laughs> On that vein, Arctic underscore Comet asks, "How has she changed since the beginning of the show?" She's definitely got a lot more confidence. I think she's she is she knows what she's doing and she she knows what she wants and she she's gonna get it. That girl is gonna get what she wants. Whatever it is that she wants, she will get it. Yeah, but I guess she know what she wants, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> I yeah, I kind of have that on my list that you know, and she saw more cases. She's become kind of top of the heap, right? Fitzroy comes to her. William comes to her in the finale, right? So mm -hmm. her confidence has grown. I and I I wrote down, um, you know. It, it turns out, right, um, in season three, in the end, she didn't let herself be pushed around by Arabella, right? She tried the mm -hmm. tea, didn't work out. Okay, she didn't directly confront Arabella and say, you know, I can't get along with you. But she removed herself from the situation, right? And kind of like, I don't want to deal with this. And I realized that was, you know, in the final episode. But I, I thought that, you know, she kind of figured out, you know what, I'm not going to let this bother me and I'm just going to remove myself from the situation, which is not what she could do or did when she was a child, right? So <laughs> to me, she kind of evolved to that point and she, you know, had the tenacity to say to William at the end, you know, I'm not going to have in a roundabout way, she said, I'm not going to have dinner with you, you know, as just as a friend, right? Um, I, I I don't know. I, I know there's different takes on that, but um, I felt that, she, you know, she like, okay, this is how I'm going to deal with this situation. I thought it was more towards the mature side um, for her because she could have sabotaged that relationship, right? And said, yeah, William, let's go out to dinner. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know what do you guys think of that. I mean, I think she respects that. I think she realizes he wants love and he wants a wife and he wants a family and she may not be the person to give that to him. So she's happy to take a step back and go, OK, if that's what you want, off you go, man. Um, It's the opposite, I think, of it as fans, what we want, because we want her to fight for him and go, no, I do want you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what we want. We want to see her kind of acknowledge and and try and fight for him and keep hold of him whereas I feel like she's going to get him back a little bit by default at the moment um but hey she's she's grown um in growing I think she's kind of grown away from William a little bit so she's gonna mm -hmm. have to something's gonna have to bring her back to that point if she if if they're ever going to get together she's going to have to get to a point where she wants that um, and I don't know without her wanting that when we're going to see things happen. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel that's kind of an evolution uh, for her is the way she dealt with that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Please, oh, please make that happen. <laughs> we want them to be closer together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. Maggie underscore Martin 25 from Instagram asks, her character appears fearless most of the time. Do you think she hides it well? Or does she have more hidden fear or anxiety that she might not show? I have an I had an epiphany with that question. Thank you, Maggie. Maggie Martin underscore 24 or whatever. Um, <laughs> yes. I think that might be the, the reason. I think she's impulsive. I don't think she really uh, thinks things through. So I don't know that she's, I don't know that I think she's a thrill seeker. I think she just goes, you know, full force into things. But I did the question about anxiety or kind of any kind of reaction afterwards was interesting to me because I'm like, all of a sudden in season two and three, she's she's drinking whiskey. So to me, that was a subtle way of the writers showing that, yeah, she does have a little residual trauma from all of this, from being, you know, shot at and having guns at her head. That was just my thought. That's a good one. That's, I, a, I good that one. That's yeah. a great comment. Great comment. I, I th- what I wrote was, you know, when when she was um, she met Moses in the, you know, the secret bar, you know, in se- season one, season two. Oh no. Um, and and um, you know, he he ends up pointing the gun at her, and she, mm-hmm. you know, she showed a lot of fear in that scene. Right. She said, I don't want to die. Um, uh-huh. So uh, she did show some fear. She did sh- show some fear in that situation. But other situations, she is kind of casual about that. And you're right, Meg, maybe she's got some PTSD on that. And she needs to have drink at the bar, right? Yeah. I mean, she didn't drink it all in the first season. And then she's drinking the second and third. And I, I, or maybe it's, I didn't, at first I thought, oh, maybe they're just showing her drinking because they're kind of showing that like this job takes a toll on you. Look at your dad, Mm -hmm. look at your, you know, look at William. And now you're going down that same self-medication. I mean, I guess I'm saying the same thing twice, but, but yeah. That's a good point. Good point. I mean, Hmm. I think she does know that she's lucky because I think in, um, episode four of season three when she's dealing with the gangster and her bag gets a bullet through it she kind of admits to Moses she got lucky and I think she does feel a bit like oh that was a bit of a close call so I think she does realize sometimes and and I don't think she's completely fearless but I think she she can she can hide it well are you talking about when they're in the uh bed set Moses when they're when she's in the alleyway and her bag gets the bullet and then she's then the next scene is her in her office talking to Moses and she's like yeah I got lucky. Oh. Mm-hmm. I thought I had every every moment uh, memorized. I don't remember. Season that. three, episode four. Now I got some homework. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the rewatches are for. Yeah. I don't exactly. think she like with that scene. I don't think she realized what how much danger she was going to be in so i think she i don't think it's necessarily fearless i think it's like we talked about with the last episode partially naivete she doesn't realize how much danger she's in like when she goes to the rookery she doesn't realize how dangerous she is or how much how dangerous it is until she is confronted by the three guys and then luckily moses steps in you know, and then with the gangster in the alleyway, and then 
her bag gets shot and Mm-hmm. And so I just think that from is that from season three, episode four? Yes, yeah. the guy. I've, I've only seen that, that one like once or twice. I've, I've never rewatched that one really. But Moses speaks Greek. Ah. <laughs> <Acarito>. um, <laughs> he was really angry with her. Yeah, and, and, I mean, um, so. yeah, and uh, absolutely, and and like she actually kind of you know showed it on her face and she did pause and she didn't argue back with him at that point so, so I, I think she's she necessarily fearless i think it's part she's naive about things but yeah maybe part fearless but then i yeah i think the idea that she maybe is suffering from some ptsd and or just cop work detective agency is scary work that you're self-medicating that's a good point meg i never I'm, i know some that. stuff <laughs> that's why there's no the, that star. whiskey bottle in scotland yard everywhere yeah. right yeah no wonder i didn't never thought of that we were just thinking oh she wants to be with william and so she's drinking a lot never thought of it as self-medication <laughs> hmm. i just came up with that little nugget it's a thank good you for coming to my TED talk. The good fat nugget. Round of applause. Yeah. All right. Um, next question. Sabrina on Facebook asked the very poignant question. Why hasn't she kissed William yet? Because the writers don't want them to kiss. Oh, I'm sure it's been written and then it's like, no, delete, 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 delete. Race, erase, erase. <laughs> backspace, backspace, backspace. Uh, my answer was, I'm going to go with uh, C, Bob. It is, my answer is that uh, I don't think she likes doing things she's not, she doesn't know she's good at. She likes to only, you know, there are people out there who don't like to do things that they're not good at. And I think she's one of those people. And so she's a little scared of it. And she also probably is intimidated by the fact that she, assuming he's uh, done a lot and been around the block and she's going to be terrible and it's going to turn him off. I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. She doesn't know about kissing and that part of life. You know. Yeah, I, I, I said it uh, before. Maybe it's in the previous podcast, but, you know, um, is she afraid if she kisses him that just puts them past that threshold and you know she's just one of his loose women right so maybe she's she's holding back for it to be serious i suppose i don't know she needs a couple more drinks (laughs) she needs a couple more drinks i would love that (laughs) i would love a tipsy a tipsy eliza scene me too me too Oh, who knows? We'd love for it to. I think it will happen at the right time. I think that's the thing. Um, Tipsy Eliza or the kiss? The kiss. <laughs> Tipsy Eliza would be quite amusing to watch. I think. Um, although judging by how much whiskey she's had recently, she'd probably take a bit, um, yeah. of alcohol before she she becomes incredibly tipsy. I don't know. I. Why hasn't she kissed him? I think, like you say, there's a element of once I kiss you, I cross a line into a, this is a serious win. I can't just pretend we're friends anymore. 
and there's no going back from that. So I think she's keeping him at a safe distance. Yeah. But hey, if William kisses her, you know, go for it, man. <laughs> get it, girl. Go get the woman you love, mate. Yeah. The rest will, will sort itself out. It always does. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the kissing thing and the, or her drinking whiskey, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but speaking of her drinking whiskey in uh, episode two or three, does anybody have any thoughts on, allow me to interject this, of why all of a sudden she's become much more interested in domestic things? We've seen her making food or baking cakes and that she never, they didn't show in, in season one. What are the writers trying to tell us there? Very good question. I mean, you could, I, I don't want to say that she's changing for William because I don't think it, she is. I don't think she's sitting there going, oh, if I can bake a cake, he'll, he'll, I'll be something that he wants. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice that she's learning to do something because she wants to do it. And I think that's how they phrased it. Um, I think the cooking thing, particularly in episode six is um, Mm -hmm. Ivy's not going to be around. Ivy may not be around. I do find it interesting. I think it's, I think it's episode five where, yeah, the episode Mr. Potts proposes, is that four or five? Can't remember. Um, But Ivy tells Eliza she can cook her own dinner and her dinner. My mum pointed this out to me. Uh, she's like why has she got burnt toast for dinner scrambled egg and burnt toast (laughs) so she's not she's not kind of getting too too ahead of herself in the cooking skills department but um yeah I I think uh, yeah I think it's partly she just is wanting to learn for herself and partly mm -hmm. maybe she like subconsciously thinking you know Ivy's getting married maybe I need to learn some skills maybe Uh three percent william and arabella you know but she was baking that cake before ivy was getting married yeah yeah i think the cake thing was to prove to herself that she could do it i think Mm -hmm. that's the thing and to be fair it was ivy that was forcing her to do it in the end but yeah because arabella made that Mm -hmm. snide remark but it is a little curious in episode six of season three that she's cooking for Moses and Nash. It is a little curious, right? Weird. Yeah. I think it was a funny choice. Maybe it was a story vehicle so that William comes in the kitchen and he sees her first and sits down and, you know, Mm. and chats with her. Maybe that's why, but it it was kind of weird. It was kind of weird. It is weird because you'd think Eliza wouldn't choose to go down to the kitchen to cook for them. Yeah. She'd want to be sitting with them doing the work. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. I think they just wanted to tease us with some domesticity, to be honest with you. Probably. Probably. All right. Last question for the episode. No! Maria <laughs> Bielin? Bielin? Sorry if I'm pronouncing your name horribly wrong. Maria from facebook says season three showed some maturing in eliza as those around her progressed in life william with arabella nash and moses going to paris and ivy potentially marry mr potts she's not the center of everyone's world so will next season see her reassess what she values and how she can make people partners in her life instead of extras in eliza's show will she mature enough to see it as a two-way street when 
keeping and nurturing a relationship? That was a long question. Um, from your mouth, Maria, to Rachel News ears. Please. That's right. So we can only hope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess, right? Yes. I think yeah, if she's having difficulty at work with the people that she's working with, she will rely more on the people around her who are closest. Oh, nice. Yep. And so, she'll appreciate them more. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I mean, she seems to. She seems to be like when she says to Ivy, you know, do what you want to do. Do what's going to make you happy when it comes to marrying Mr. Potts. And uh, again, with Moses, when he's potentially going off to Paris, she probably doesn't want him to. But instead of saying, I don't want you to go, she gives him a French phrase book. Um, so I yeah. think she is maturing in that sense that she's starting to go, OK, I'm not the centre of everybody's world and other people have their own wants in life. And I think that's the same with William wanting a wife and things she's seeing that okay actually other people have different wants to me and she's very respectful I think she's not trying to push anything on them if that makes sense she's not trying to tell them no you shouldn't do this she's kind of supporting the decision which I think is kind of her behaving how she would want people to behave to her when when she makes a decision to support me although she's respectful in some ways and there's a couple little snide remarks she makes about pots. Like, and I'm when they, I think it's episode one of season three when they get bailed out of jail. And um, Ivy's like, uh, Mr. Potts is never going to come back to the house. And she says something along the lines of, like, if only I'm like, that is such a, excuse my friend, bitchy thing to say, Eliza, <laughs> just people who just got arrested because of you. Um, that and not very respectful to uh, her and her relationship with Potts. There's a couple times when she's buying a new hat when um, she makes a side remark about him. So she I, she comes around, but I think there's still a buried kind of little bitchy element in there. <laughs> That's just me. Maybe I've got a bitchy um, buried element in there too. <laughs> oh dear. Well, Mary and Meg, this has been another great episode talking about Eliza. We the best episode. So much. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for, for joining us. We're going for Stuart, Stuart Martin numbers here. We will let you know if we hit Stuart Martin numbers. <laughs> Thank you for having us. And listeners, if you haven't um, liked all our social media, we're on Facebook at Scarlet Tears Podcast. We have a Facebook page, Scarlet Tears Podcast. We have an Instagram, Scarlet Tears underscore podcast. We have a website with all our past episodes which is scarleteerspodcast.wordpress.com. So you can go listen to all our past episodes, including the part one of the Eliza episodes um, with Mary and Meg. Thank you, ladies, so much for talking to us. It was such a joy. Um, we appreciate you all. Um, we appreciate you all, Scarleteers listeners. So tune in next time when we have another fun episode bye Bye. thank Thank you you. thank you everyone thank you thank you everybody for listening to the scarlet tears podcast 
Music by Kevin McLeod. Incomatech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribute 4.0, license HTTP colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0 forward slash.